0: Uh, you know, we are just so blessed with the uh, the worship team. So many leaders that lead us into Jesus' presence. And so we're just grateful. Grateful for many things. You know, I, someone had mentioned to me how almost every church that moves into a new building, the giving drops off. Now, quite often it's because they've really pushed to buy a building, that <laughs> people are gived out. But, <laughs> That's not a word, my wife said, okay. She was an English major, by the way, and so she corrects all my mistakes. But uh, what happens is that often people walk into a building and say, oh, they're, they're doing fine. They have no need of the money that I would give, so I'll give it somewhere else. And I wanna just thank you for those, you've been very faithful. And I wanna thank you for that. Uh, This isn't our building. We we rent it uh, exactly for what we were paying, or almost exactly for what we were paying at the tram shed. So nothing's actually changed our expenses wise, but there's something that you guys have been faithful in giving. So I just wanted to thank you as well for that. That wasn't a backhanded hint that you should give more. It was actually just thank you. Uh, Holy Spirit, we need you as we look at your word, we need you all the time. But we need you to speak to us. We recognize that we can't really grasp what God is saying, even in the word, without the anointing and leading of your spirit. So Holy Spirit, lead us, in Jesus' name. We've been talking about hearing God's voice. Uh, We've recognized how great and mighty he is so we can trust him and then we can obey his leading even when it doesn't quite make sense to us. So turn with me to Acts chapter 16. From verse six. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Paul's actually getting on with the job. And he wants to go. Asia is actually the province, a Roman province. It isn't the, the, the region because they're actually in a, what we would call Asia now, but uh, the continent, but it actually was the, the province. And after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia. But the Holy Spirit did not permit them. You get the picture. They're getting on with going on to preach the gospel. They want to go here and preach, and the Holy Spirit says no. And Paul says, okay, and then he wants to go here, and the Holy Spirit says no. My question is, why did the Holy Spirit say, don't do that, go here? He just said no. No. I found with Mary and I sometimes we have unconscious boundaries of what we'll hear God say. Sometimes we have an expectation that God would speak within certain parameters. And before he can tell us what he wants, he has to actually deal with the boundaries that we have. So before ever coming to Launceston, we were in the States. God was speaking to us about some some transition for us. But we were absolutely convinced that we were going to stay in the States. We had kids there who had moved there to join us. We had this boundary. We're not going anywhere unless it's here. So this opportunity opens up. Someone says, will you come and plant a church here? We think it's God, and he says no. Okay, and then someone else opens up. There's another opportunity, and these guys wanna actually pay us to come and plant a church. We had been a whole year without a salary, so this has gotta be God, right? <laughs> and the Holy Spirit says no. In that process, he's dealing with our hearts And the boundaries, the borders we put on God. So until we were willing to go anywhere, God couldn't tell us to come to Tasmania. So he kept saying no on the opportunities. I was getting frustrated with that. And so here, Paul's facing the same thing. And so passing by Mysia, they came to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul... In the night, a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia. That tells us that Paul's heart was to obey. It wasn't that he was dragging his feet. He was dragging his heels. He was wanting to go here. No, he was actually getting on with the job. And the Lord called us to preach the gospel. See, Paul was actually in the midst of obeying what Jesus had said. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Paul was doing that. Yet in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit was redirecting him. Someone asked me, how does the Bible and the Spirit go together in living by hearing God's voice? I want to say this. my, My take is that the Bible is the foundation that the Holy Spirit builds upon. The Bible is the outline that the Holy Spirit fills in. By that I mean, the Bible very clearly says go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, but it's the Holy Spirit that says when and where. There's nowhere I could find in the Bible that says Russ and Mary Doty should move to Tasmania. I read it all. And it wasn't there. The Bible's very clear about God's heart and pattern for marriage. But there's nowhere that it says Russ Doty should marry Mary Ellen Eason. I definitely wanted the Holy Spirit's input on that one. The word is the outline, the Holy Spirit is the detail. But what we're talking about is action, living it out, not theology. Why do I say that? The Holy Spirit's not adding new theology to the Bible. There are some people who believe that. We were part of a church in Melbourne, we had planted and someone came in who actually believed the revelation he felt he received from the Holy Spirit was at par or are more important than, that, than the Bible. He felt he had the same revelation that Paul had, and I said, that's wonderful, but not in this church. Because everything the Holy Spirit says is in keeping with what God has said, which is his word. Are you still with me? So Paul had a plan. He wanted to go to Asia, the Holy Spirit said no. He wanted to go to Bithynia, the Holy Spirit said no. And then God spoke to him. And he immediately got in a boat and he went to Greece. I'm sure Paul didn't see the big picture or the ultimate reason. He didn't know as he got in that boat and went to Greece that most of the New Testament would be written to Greek churches that would be the result of his obedience. He didn't know that. We do. In fact, if I was him, I would have had some real doubts when I was sitting in prison in Philippi. They go to Macedonia, Greece. The very first city, they end up being thrown in jail. Can you imagine if that happened to you? I'd be sitting there saying, we really missed God on this one, didn't we? That wasn't a God dream. That must have been the falafel we had for dinner. It definitely, But they didn't question that. They heard God and they trusted him and what happened is a supernatural miracle that saw a church started that had an impact in that region. I love that uh, line of the song that uh, we were singing that there's there's still more. Still more to be done in the city. How do we know that that was Paul's attitude because in Chapter, I'm verse 25 of chapter 16 where we were. And at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were committed to trusting God in worship. Do you ever, when you question God, end up praying and singing hymns or complaining and questioning? I hate to admit it, but I often am on the complaining and questioning side. So having said that, here's here's why the uh, cryptic message that Tim said. There's a personal application of this for us personally and for us as a church. And that is that over the last few months, God has made it very clear to Mary and I and to the eldership team as a whole that our time of leading the team here at Redemption Hills has come to an end. problem is that as we get older, we don't have the same energy that we used to have. But also, God's made it clear that the gifts that it takes to be the catalyst to see a church started isn't always the gift that it takes to lead the church into the next season. And He's been very clear that He has a new season for us as a church. Fortunately, God saw this coming. Most of you did as well. It's pretty obvious. It doesn't take a whole revelation of the Holy Spirit that as we get older, eventually there's gonna have to be some sort of change, transition. Uh, We had a plan. The Holy Spirit had a different one. But see, God not only saw it coming, but he prepared for it. We have a fantastic team that leads the church. Elders and deacons committed mature, capable people who lead the church. I don't lead this church, I never have. Jesus is the head, and he leads it through a team. But not only do we have a great team, but then God put his hand on Tim and Kate to lead the team that leads the church. And so that's the exciting part for this morning, is that uh, they've heard heard something in God and willing to respond, Uh, we as a team believe, without question, 100% absolute confidence that they're the ones that God's put us in. Can I just say, Mary and I have been involved in ministry in a number of churches. We've seen transition, but we've also been involved in consulting with other churches as they've gone through transition. And we are amazingly blessed because having someone from within the church to take over the leadership of the team is a huge thing when it comes to moving forward. If you don't, if you bring someone from the outside, they start in such a hole, because they don't know anyone, they don't know any history, they often even use different uh, vocabulary to mean the same thing and people get confused. But when you have someone from within, that doesn't happen. But not only do we have someone who's been part of the church, but someone who's hit foundational from the very beginning. have been an incredible part of the establishment of this church. In fact, I I could say this without question, that we wouldn't be here as a church except for this couple here in God. We were part of the catalyst of that, but they've done more in seeing a church get established here than we ever have, have done. So we are absolutely thrilled with that. It's such a an amazing blessing for us as a church as we look at transition. Yeah, Tim has different gifts than I would have. I think those are the gifts that God wants moving into the next season. But we have exactly the same heart. The same foundation. Nothing would change. Our focus on Jesus is probably as much if not more Tim than it is me. And so I, I think that's wonderful. Paul writes in Philippians 2.20 that someone, talk about Timothy, has a genuine concern for you all. And I can say that for these guys and for the whole team. So, it's a new season for the church. But it's also a new season for Mary and I and that we won't be leading. But also we will eventually be moving to Melbourne to be closer to our kids and grandkids. Uh, can I say that for us, that this has actually been the tough part of this, hearing God in this. Transitioning leadership isn't a tough part. Anyone can see that that's gonna happen sometime. But we actually love it here. We love you, we love this church, we love Tim and Kate. We, love, we have the dream team and the dream church. We love our kids and grandkids, don't get me wrong, but we just don't like, we just don't like Melbourne. <laughs> and uh, for God to begin to, to, to deal with us, we really had to, we had some boundaries. We had some borders. We're here forever. And God can adjust the, the leadership, but he can't actually tell us to go somewhere else. And so we had to actually that. In fact, just a couple months ago, Mary was in Melbourne, came back, and the first thing she said to me, we're just in the process, this. first thing she says to me is, I don't want to live in Melbourne. It's way too loud, and there's too much traffic. But in that, we realize as well that what we thought might be retirement is kind of a semi-retirement, Uh, We won't be retiring completely from ministry, but we will be running at a different pace and focusing more on translocal apostolic ministry than actually leading a church. So, as a church, we're in a time of transition. There'll be an official setting in of Tim and Kate as the leaders of the team on the uh, second Sunday in February, February 11th, 2024, which is two months from now. I will continue to be uh, a paid pastor here until the end of February. How long will we be here, we don't know, because obviously we have to sell our house. But these are exciting, exciting things, and God knew something. I I just want to read to you a, a vision that Michelle, who led the worship, had She actually sent this to me on the 16th of November, knowing none of this, till right now. But when it was shared a few weeks ago, Tony actually read it. We were all kind of going, I think the Holy Spirit, here's what she saw. I opened a book and wrote new page in big letters. It's up there, right? All the other pages before I tore out and scrolled up like a telescope to look through I felt the Holy Spirit say, for so long, the past has been used to inform and gauge the present and the future. But where I'm leading you, you haven't been before. There's no compass, no map. You need me to guide you. I will be your instructor and give step-by-step instructions. But you can't get there without my voice. Lean in. Sometimes I will whisper, listen. Listen. Sometimes I'm walking ahead and beckoning you forward. Watch. Sometimes I stop and need you to stay beside me, but always I will lead you, not by might and not by power, but by my spirit. This is a call to longevity in the spirit. Sprinters need not apply. It's a time for endurance, resilience, perseverance, dedication. Don't make me drag you. I hate to say that part of this, he had to drag me because I was, I was, yeah, stubborn. (laughs) So now you know I'm slow and stubborn. Simply let me lead you as a shepherd, shepherds his flock. My sheep uh, know me, they hear, they follow because they trust me and know that why I'm leading them is to better pastors, safer pastors. Say goodbye to the things of yesteryear as the Reformation changed history so you will see unfold bit by bit the changing of history, the writing of history. But it won't be one big thing, it will be over time and suddenly you will look back and say, look what God has done. Needs to be slow, gradual, for all men to catch up and to buy in, It it is about longevity a marathon. It has to be sustained. Now, obviously, that applies to much more than the circumstance of us and the leadership of the church. It's an indication of God wanting to move by His Spirit in the city, in the the nation and the nations, but it also does apply specifically to us. And so, it is a new day. So. Can I ask you to pray? Because we're all a team of ministers, every one of us. Pray for Mary and I, just that we get through this with the grace of God. Uh, The process has been emotionally draining. I'm actually much better now. Once we've actually settled that it's God, I've come to terms with that, but it was a struggle. Uh, Pray for Tim and Kate. They've already stepped in to lead the team, but they're also working other jobs as well until that works out. They're, They're doing both jobs, and so they need supernatural grace, supernatural strength, supernatural wisdom. We all do, but would you pray for one another? As well, You know, there's something about transition. This is probably the best, most positive transition that, that we could see happen. But there's something about transition as a whole that allows the enemy to get in if we're not careful. Breeds insecurity. None of us really like change. There is mixed emotions. For us, there is a sense of grief and loss because we love you. We pray for you regularly. But there's also a sense of where God leads, he's got something else. And so we've had to try and get our our head around that. But for the church as well. We've had a wonderful time. We, We can literally look back and say, wow, look what God's done. In spite of us, not because of us. We say that all the time, (laughs) wow, it's been a great, great season, but God's got a new season, a season of impacting the city even more. So we'd appreciate your prayer, your longevity, your stability. Uh, Can I just end with this? This church was always Jesus' idea. It wasn't our idea. It even wasn't Tim and Kate's idea. It was his idea, and it's still his idea. And everything he intended, he will still bring to completion. The only thing that doesn't change is Jesus. Everything else will change. We all get older as much as we try and fight against it and think we shouldn't. no, yeah, Not me. That was probably been the biggest thing. Am I actually getting old? As we shared with some of the deacons, many of them said, oh, yeah. Yeah, we expected this. You're getting old. They didn't say it quite like that, but, well, Phil did. (laughs) Do you want to add something? Tim will, but do you? Yeah, I mean, this isn't the end of, of us. I hope <laughs> we'll still be here. We'll still be involved in in ministry. I do want to say something. I
1: thought you I knew she did. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, The thing that has really, really helped me is that I heard the Holy Spirit, as I was reading the Word, say that this is actually a holy moment. You know, it's not our idea um, to transition the leadership right now. And I just realized that when you do things according to the Word and being led by the Holy Spirit and out of love for Jesus, it's a holy moment and uh, to expect God every step of the way. And I just want to say that for you as well. I think there's greater things in the Lord for each of you. It's a holy moment. I believe it's a holy moment for this city because we've only been here six years. A lot of you have been here most of your lives and you've seen lots of transitions. And in your heart, you, you might be saying, oh, here we go again, you know, because some of you have seen some maybe not so positive transitions. But I felt like the Lord say, for Launceston, this is a holy moment. It's being done well. We have prayed through this for months and months as an an eldership team, but also in consultation with other guys on the New Covenant Ministries team that we respect. Um, Russ and I even spent time with Tyron in in Denver when we were there, just talking it through and praying. Tyron leads the team. So we just want to say that... um, yeah, it's a holy moment to, and to expect the Lord every step of the way.
0: Let me just add one other thing. There's absolutely nothing negative. There's, we don't have any health issues. <laughs> we're not, this is not preempting something that we have no relational problems. Uh, we love the team, they love us. This isn't, uh, okay, we're trying to get rid of them Uh, because they're a pain. None of that. (laughs) A little bit, because we're getting older, no. But but don't let the enemy bring that kind of stuff in, because if that's what you've experienced in the past, your mind obviously can go right there. Don't let that happen, because it's not. It actually is simply obedience. We came here with a plan, just like Paul, that we were going to be here for the rest of our lives. We really did. And uh, the Holy Spirit said, I've got another one. And so we actually are, are doing everything we can simply to listen and obey. So, Yeah, we're not going to plant another church. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay.
2: Right. Uh, I just want to reinforce that as well and affirm what Russ just said. Uh, We're just hearing and obeying God. There is nothing wrong. There's nothing broken. Yet? No. (laughs) Except for their hearts. Oh, stop. Just want to add a couple of comments uh, uh, about our journey. But before I do that, um, just to say what an absolutely incredible, extraordinary foundation has been laid uh, by Jesus, but through these guys. Um, Russ is an incredible, gifted, called, um, I will say, world class apostolic teacher. And uh, so we can look at this also as uh, it's a change that is bigger than um, just this local church. This is something for the kingdom. Um, we're releasing them to the next season, to, um, it's not about bigger and better, but to different things uh, that. Um, I remember. This is totally off the cuff. Uh, I remember sitting under uh, Leon Van Dahl, who is a a, a couple. um, They were involved in the very, very early days of uh, NCMI. They're based in Adelaide now. They are um, in their 80s, uh, incredible people. But uh, uh, we were privileged to be around in the season while he was still really well um, when we were in Sydney and sat under a a lot of his teaching. And and he it took every opportunity given to impart what it was that he had um, in God to impart. Uh, he used to say, and I'm not saying this about Russ and Mary at all, but he'd stand up in his South African accent and say, I'm, I'm in the departure lounge of life, and I've got something to say. Uh, and we just all sit there and go, wow. So I think that's perhaps something of the, of the season that is next for Russ and Mary, um, to really leave a, a legacy of a love for the word and a passion for truth. And they certainly leave that here um, with all of us and with this team. Um, they're not leaving next week, by the way. Uh, what's that? I have to say it again in February, and I absolutely will. Um, so, a little bit about uh, our journey, as in Kate and I, do you want to come up and stand and look awkward like I do? That would be great. Yeah. Oh, look, everything looks better now. Um, yeah, so I mean, our journey, this has been a long uh, journey for us. Um, God has chipped away at us and worn us down to uh, even entertain that uh, he could call us to something like this uh, over 10 years more, probably. We have always been incredibly comfortable in a, and felt really called to a very much just a, a, a team role, a support role, um, you know, lifting up the arms of others and, and, and all of that. And uh, so it's taken some hammer and chisel work Uh, for us to entertain anything different, and uh, he spoke to us quite clearly. But uh, Some of that has been that um, when you think about this sort of a role and leading a team uh, for a church like this, that uh, that that should look like something or it um, uh, has a particular, you know, you have a picture of what that is. And uh, perhaps we're a little bit different to that, and we're very different to Russ and Mary. We're much younger and better looking. No. Um, (laughs) Not much younger. Uh, I don't know about that. He's got more hair than I have. It's true. Um, but the Holy Spirit really spoke to us and said, Yes, I know. That's exactly why I'm asking you. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that what is needed is, is, is what you guys will bring and what we'll bring as a team. And that's ideal. I read something on Facebook here a, a couple of weeks ago that uh, said we should all take comfort in the fact that when God's called us to do something, that he's already factored in our stupidity. <laughs> but um, my heart and our heart in all of this is that um, God is team, right? By his, very, uh, crea- by his very nature and character, his Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that he works in families and marriages. Um, we're in this together. And our eldership team is in this together, and we are all in this together. So it could be a catchy song. We're all in this together. So uh, the team is what's going to take this church forward, and every one of you is a part of that team. Um, We have an incredible leadership team, and can I say uh, for our eldership team that I would choose every one of them again and again and again. We have an incredible deacon team. But in, um, and I would choose every one of them again and again. But in saying all that, um, they're just functions. It's just a role to play. Um, leadership is a calling, but it's to a function, not to a position. It's not elevated above. It's leading alongside and by example. It's um, I think of it as a facilitation role. It's just a build the scaffold to make stuff happen and to release people and allow um, God to use them. Um, in this season, God is releasing a royal priesthood, a team, this, this team in the context of this church and we have the privilege um, to make space for that, to lead from within, not from above. And as Russ has already said, you know, we often say things like Jesus is the head of this church, he absolutely is. And with all honour and respect to Russ and Mary, if we are built around uh, their presence and their gifts, we've already missed it. That if, if that's the case, we're not built around Jesus and we're in trouble. Um, so, this is just an, a, a call to obedience. It's, uh, not a lot will change because nothing's wrong, nothing's really broken. Uh, We don't set the direction, Kate and I don't set the direction, Jesus does. And we do it in team. And while there is a a calling and an anointing on our lives for this function at this time, it isn't any more important or significant than the call and anointing that is on all of our lives. There are no grandchildren in the kingdom, only children. And as I've been wrestling with this... um, Over months and months, only a couple of days ago, uh, God led me to this psalm again. I'm going to read it in a couple of translations for you. Should have bookmarked this. Just talk amongst yourselves. In the New King James Version, it's just titled, Simple Trust in the Lord. And it uses some funny words. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. Let me read it from the Passion paraphrase. It says this, Lord, my heart is meek before you. I don't consider myself better than others. I don't I, I'm content not to pursue matters that are over my head. Such is, such is your complex mysteries and wonders that I'm not yet ready to understand. I'm humbled and quieted in your presence. Like a contented child who rests on its mother's lap, I am a, I'm your resting child and my soul is content in you. O people of God, your time has come to quietly trust, waiting upon the Lord now and forever."
3: I'm a bit lost for words, which doesn't happen very often. Um, But you know that I do love to give a practical takeaway. And the practical takeaway from today and everything that God's been saying, uh, the worship, um, what we've heard from the Word, um, is this. um, Will you say yes, too, to what it is that God's calling you to do? Um, You've just seen some practical examples of people who've had to reframe what they thought God was saying and what he was asking them to do, um, and been surprised, um, but still said yes. Um, so that's the takeaway for you, God, what do you want me to do here? Why am I here? <laughs> what can I do for you? What are you doing in my life? Um, because when he calls, I won't refuse, and when he calls, I won't delay. Ah. Hmm? Oh. And someone um, said it was good for me to talk about emotions because apparently that's what I do in my other job. Um, But if you've been in the kingdom for a long period of time, you've probably experienced a lot of hellos and goodbyes. The kingdom is a big place. It's as big as this world is. And in that, he sends us out all the time. And so God adds to the local church congregation all the time and he also sends out into new things. And so in that, if we're all following Jesus and saying yes to him as much as we can, there are going to be times and moments where we're receiving people with great joy because God sent them here, but also that we're sending people out with great joy. Um, But it's mixed because whenever there's a goodbye and you love someone, there's also grief. So be free to have whatever response that you have. You're allowed to be sad. We won't feel bad that you're sad. Because <laughs> we'll be sad too. Um, but in that, you know, there, there'll be hope and there'll be excitement and there'll be free accommodation in Melbourne and all those things that you get to look forward to. <laughs> if you pray for a new house for them that has a spare room. So we can all pray for that and agree that we pray for a new house in Melbourne that has enough room for us to visit and stay for free. Anyway, I got distracted. Um, But just to say that um, we're a really normal church, you know, we do our best to be authentic and genuine Um, and so don't feel like you have to hold in anything. If you need to talk freely, please do. Now is the time for honesty Um, and and to work it through with each other and and with us and the team. Um, We'd love you to be able to do that. Cool.
2: Yeah, and just add another couple of practical things. Uh, as Russ has already said, they'll be here for a little while. Um, uh, he'll continue to preach. Um, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, no. and at whatever point they relocate, um, we will have them back regularly. Um, Russ is and, and Mary are on the uh, NCMI apostolic team. Uh, They're an incredible, as I've already said, incredibly uh, gifted and called apostolic teachers, and why would we not have them in regularly when they're just over the ditch? Incidentally, I booked some flights for some people only this weekend, and they were 29 bucks. Yeah, so no excuses. Um, so w- we'll still see plenty of them, but uh, as Kate said, it's, uh, these things are a time of mixed emotions. It's okay to be um, happy, sad, confused, all those things, let's have the conversations, okay? Ask the questions. Um, I will continue to lead the uh, worship team uh, through the next season and uh, don't see that changing any time in the future. So it's about us all coming together and being our authentic selves in Jesus, uh, who it is that he's created us to be and and not trying to be somebody that we're not. And God's put together his dream team for this time and uh, it's an absolute privilege for us all to be a part of it. So that's about all I have to say, I think. Got any more to add? No. (laughs) Amen. Well, once you stay uh, for some tea and coffee uh, over the other side, um, we'll be around. Don't forget to pick up your kids. Yes, you can't leave them here forever. Um, We will uh, be very happy to uh, pray with you, to answer any questions, um, anything like that. And uh, thank you all for being here. Amen.